Okay, my first scripture reading comes out of Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. If you want to read along, I'm sure it's on the screen, or your King James Bible's there in front of you. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for your word. Speak through me now, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And as I was going through these scriptures and you know I know I've asked this qu question a lot but what reason why this is on my heart so much is I've been running into a lot of people and talking to people that do not even believe that this is God's Word they don't believe the Bible is even written by the Holy Spirit in fact they think it's just a bunch of men put it together and why should anybody listen to it because it's fables and fairy tales fantasy stuff and that's, that's what I've been running into because I've been going to these people that are like that, that don't want to hear it. They don't want to be preached to. And so my question to each person is, who is Jesus to you? And we're going to go through the Bible and, and look at it because I strongly believe, or I wouldn't be up here, this is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit wrote this Bible through men that God chose before the foundations of the world. God had these guys picked out before he even created the earth. That's what he says in his word. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so God knew what he was doing. He had a plan. And so each prophet and each person of this Bible that wrote a book was filled with the Holy Spirit and they wrote what God dictated to them. The Holy Spirit did. And that's my belief. That's what I believe. But in the beginning, Jesus is called the seed of woman. That's what God said, the seed of woman. That's one of his names. But then as you go through, and each book talks about who Jesus is, who God is, the Son of God coming in the future. And God had this plan that he was going to do this. And, and I'm going to go through some of the scriptures here. And we'll, we'll start with Isaiah chapter 6. And... We'll, go, we'll just kind of, kind of go through the Bible here and, and look at some of the names of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6, uh, verse 14. No, 7, 14, excuse me. Chapter 7, verse 14, Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. That's one of the names. And you get over in the New Testament in Matthew, and he talks about Emmanuel interpretation is God with us that's one of his names and then in Isaiah chapter 9 
Verses 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. There's abbreviation after Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Now, I have people to ask me, too. I've had some Jehovah Witness ask me, and I'm not picking on nobody because I'm not. But I've had them ask me, what do you think God looks like? What's God look like? I said, well, according to the Bible, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verse uh, 3, he's the express image of his person. Jesus is the express image of God. And so if you want to see how, who God is and how God performs in God's heart, look at Jesus. He is God in the flesh. The Word made flesh. Now there's another name for Him. The Word made flesh. Another word, I am. Remember what God told Moses? When Moses said, well, who do I tell the people that you are? That's who sent me? And he said, tell them I am that I am sent you. Well, then the Pharisees who come talking to Jesus about Father Abraham and how could he even be, know anything or because he's just a young guy and Abraham was 2,000 years before that. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So we kind of get a picture of who Jesus is. Uh, Isaiah, back to Isaiah, uh, verse 6, chapter 9, the everlasting Father. Now see, I don't make this stuff up. This is God's Word. These are the names. This is who Jesus is. So if we can get that grip and get a grip on that, who Jesus really is, who is He to you? Is He the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, wonderful Counselor, Emmanuel, God with us. This is what God's words calls him, the everlasting father. And, and, and I've, I've had so many people jump on me for this. Like, no, well, there's the father. The, well, see, then you make it down. There's three gods then if you do it that way. There's one God, the father, God the father, God the son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's one. Now, uh, uh, this example that I'm going to give is like, uh, and I've given it before, I don't know if you guys remember, but, and Susie and I gave this example in a class, and one of the instructors jumped on us like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. But I, I kind of reversed it and said, well, I think you don't know what you're talking about because they're not teaching what the Bible talks about. You take water, like the ocean, fill the water, H2O, you freeze it, it comes a solid chunk. That would be like Jesus becoming flesh, the Word becoming flesh, the solid part, the part that you could grab a hold of. And then if you, if you put it over heat, it melts and starts steaming. And that steam is a vapor, but it's still H2O. So you've got three different forms, but it's the same H2O. That's how God is. This is God. And Jesus is that flesh part. He would be the ice part of the water where you could grab a hold and touch and feel. And the Holy Spirit is that mist part that fills the whole atmosphere. And if you know how the waters do, the waters cover the whole ocean from sea to sea. So that's, that's an example. And I think it's pretty accurate, really. But 
scholars would tell me different because, you know, they know it all. And they've been to all the seminaries and, and all this stuff. And, but they deny the holy power of the Holy Spirit. But I don't. I'm only standing up here in front of you because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I don't claim to know nothing. I only know what God reveals to me in His Word. That's all I know. And so we, each person has to come to your own decision. Who is Jesus to you? Now, who could pay for your sins? Could a man, born of a man, pay for the sins of the whole world? No, because they would be filled with sin. Men and women are filled with the sin nature. It happened in the garden. I know, and, and I told you guys, and I keep going back to that because that's where it started at. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory. So God, only God, could pay for the sins of the whole world. God had to become flesh. And that's what, in John 1, let's go there real quick, John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus' favorite disciple, uh, according to John, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then it goes and talks about John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Which lighteth the, every man that cometh into the world. What's that mean? He lights every person in the world. He's that spark of life. He's that life that we have. He's, that, he's, the, one that, he's the reason we're breathing. When God breathed his breath into Adam, he breathed that life into his creation, his, his creation of man and woman. That's that light that lights every man and every woman. Okay, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He was in the world and the world was made by him. He made the world and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, Jesus. Now, a, uh, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, talking about Jesus. Jesus wasn't born because of, the, uh, was, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but it was God's will that he become flesh. And verse 14 and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So who's that saying Jesus is? What did these words just say? He was in the world. He made the world. And the world received Him not. Only God can make the world. God is our Creator. He's the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. But this word was made flesh. God became flesh. And he dwelt among us. You know why God did it? Out of love. 
He loved his creation. He loves, for God so loved us. He had a plan. I'm going to become flesh. Because only God could pay for the sins of the whole world. The sinless Lamb of God. The spotless Lamb of God. Jesus Christ. That's another name for him. The Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. That's what John Baptist called him. He takes away the sin of the world. So God became flesh. And he was born in a manger. He was born lowly. Poor. God didn't come into his creation as a rich man. As high and mighty multi-billionaire. You know, he came in as a poor boy. He entered his creation as one of us. And he lived a regular life. And, you know, we don't hear much about it because there was not much there to live. He was just living a normal life. His parents were raising him. Then at 12, you hear about him, that he was in the temple and his parents lost him. He was lost for three or four days and they went looking for him, maybe longer than that. And when he said, when he seen him and they said, why have you, why have you, where have you been? We've been looking all over for you. And you said, why is it you look for me? No, you're not. That I must be about my father's business. And they understood not. Because see, they got carnal in that 12 years. And they was thinking it's Joseph as his dad. And he goes, what are you talking about being about the father's business? They forgot. And see, it's easy to do that when we get comfortable where we're at in Jesus. We sometimes forget, and then we let all these outside voices come in and tell us all these different stories that don't line up with God's word at all. It don't. We've got to know who Jesus is. And that's why it's very important that we understand this, that he was the one who made the world. The world was made by him. All things were, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That's what the scripture says. And so when I talk to people and try to explain this to them, they, they instantly get offended and jump on me. And they, they want to pick a fight. But I ain't going there. I just say, you know, I respect what you believe, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says, word for word. Because I have people doing this, unbelievers, that want to debate with me. And I, I am not going to debate with them. I said, this is truth. And you've got to make a choice whether you want to believe truth or not. It's up to you, not me. I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm just going to put it out there. And you make that choice. And they shut up. You know. And like I tell them, if, if this is not true, if this, if, if this is not true, then, then there's no heaven. And there's no hell. And we all can just do whatever we want. And when we die, we just go back to the dirt. And one person said, uh, I didn't mention no name, but while we're energy, we all we go back into the energy of the universe. And I said, that sounds like new age teaching stuff to me. And that's exactly what it is. It's baloney. And the Bible talks about it in these last days that people are going to be filled with that kind of nonsense. Skipping around what the truth really says. This book has been proven over and over through the test of time. God's word has been challenged. They've been trying to destroy it ever since it was God wrote it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. Even the books of Moses. They've been trying to destroy it. And look, they're all gone, but God's word still stands in this generation that we live in. Revelations. Let's go there real quick. Boy, time's running out. Revelations chapter 1. Verse 11, saying, 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And he was telling John, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Samaria and Pergamos and Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and Laodicea. And the seven churches where it's, people say that it's the seven churches of the world today. But then there's another scripture. Let's go to the back. Verse 19, verse 16, chapter 19, verse 16. This is when Jesus comes back to the earth. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and the Lord of lords. Okay, Revelations chapter 21, 22, verse 16. He says, Revelation 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. There's other names for him. Now what's that mean, the root? I am the root and the offspring of David. Before David was, he's that root. And he's the offspring of David. God chose David's lineage to become flesh through that lineage, through David, King David. He chose that lineage, the birthright, to enter into his creation. God entered into his creation, you know why? Because to save us all. He did it because of love. He was motivated by love and compassion. He forgave us. He forgave us in the garden when He made the plan. But He knew what was going to happen. God knew what kind of mess this world was going to be in until He returns and sets up His kingdom for a thousand years. And that's going to happen. Nobody knows when, but it's going to happen. Just as, just as much as that just as sure as Jesus was born in the manger, just as sure as Jesus went to the cross and poured it all out for us, God did this for us because He loves us. And He don't want us to go to hell. He don't want us to perish. He wishes none would perish. He wishes all would come to repentance and belief in Him. Repentance. What's that mean? What does that mean, repentance? Change your mind. If you look it up, quit running from God and run to God. It's like turning around. Quit walking in unbelief. Repent and believe the truth of the living God. And then let God's Holy Spirit come in you and change you from the inside out. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give us a new outlook. He wants to change our hearts and our minds. And that's what repent means. Give it to God. Let the Holy Spirit come in your life and teach you how to walk with God. Teach you what is right and wrong. Because without the Holy Spirit, we're not going to know. We're going to think we're doing right when we're actually doing wrong. There's a way that seems right to man, but it's death in the end. And that's where a lot of people's at. They're not believing the truth. They've cast it down. They've trampled it underfoot. And the Scripture talks about that. And so what do we do when we run across people like that? And they mock us. And they make fun of us. And they laugh at us because we believe the Bible. Silly Christians. Have you ever been called that? You guys are just led astray. You'll believe anything. No, we won't believe anything. 
That's why we rejected all the other teachings of the world and we grabbed a hold of the truth of Jesus Christ. And you know, one of the things, one of the reasons we can be sure this is God's word is Jesus' tomb is empty. He rose. He's alive, just like he said. So that confirms everything. And when Jesus was on this earth, he talked about Moses. He talked about Adam and Eve. He confirmed everything in the Old Testament. Jesus referred to it. Because you know why? Because he's the author of it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is God in the flesh. That's what his word says. The root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, the I am, God in the flesh. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, because without your word, we would not know you. We would not know what truth really is. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that, that you would reveal yourself in a personal way deep inside their hearts and spirits, Lord, and show them your glory, Lord, that you want to. As we lean on you, as we reach for you, Lord, reach for us and reveal yourself to us in a new way that we may know that you are, like Thomas said, my Lord and my God. In Jesus' holy name, amen.